Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? It's the Brad and John Show, and it starts right now. The web address is bjshow.co. John, good morning to you. How are you doing? I'm, good morning, Brad. I love the lead-in to us, that commercial that said more – what was that? More news than you could shake a tongue at? Or wait, more music than you could shake a tongue That's at for Gene, Gene Simmons? Simmons yes. we're, we're more – News than you could shake a fist at. I was going to say, be careful what you say. There. Yeah, no, shake a fist at, Brad. You know. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll take that. Twenty uh, seventh of December. It's Wednesday. Um, yesterday was first day back after Christmas. Once again, for some, uh, once again, my frustration is uh, how many emails did I send out yesterday? I got the auto responders. We're taking the week off. We'll be back on. January 3rd or something like that. Ugh, That's right. Just kick it to next year, Brad. Just punt to next year. That's okay. the strategy. I've, I've got to ask you a question, you being yeah. a, a fellow Hazelwood High School kind of person. Uh, but let's do the top three. John is the man for 20-plus years every single day, 365, and in leap year, 366 days a year. He puts up a list of all the news articles that are worthy of uh, notation by the political kind of folks. In other words, if if uh, somebody is doing something in Jefferson City that's sort of weird or odd, John's got it on his list. And we start to show off with going John's top three list. And the number three uh, sto- or story on John's top three this morning from johncombest.com is... The number three story starts with a fellow St. Louis morning show here on 97.1 FM, the Mark Cox morning show, had former state senator John Lamping, who we've talked about right. on the show before, a former Republican state senator, used to represent Ledoux, now lives in Augusta, so he's, he's definitely in our listening area. He had a really interesting take on the governor's race, and I think the most interesting thing he had to say was he was talking about the school choice issue, and he, and he brought up a pretty good point, which is, you know, Republicans could get all of this done because they have the supermajority, but one of the angles that you could take if you're a if you're a candidate running for statewide office this year, you kind of hope that the legislation doesn't pass in 2024 session, because then when you're campaigning around the state, you can say, elect me and I'll get it done. I'll be the deal maker that actually gets school choice done. So Lamping made that point about Lieutenant Governor Mike Kehoe, how Kehoe could use that, how Secretary of State candidate Caleb Rowden, who is the leader of Republicans in the Senate, also makes that case. And also brings up, really underscores, Brad, one of your points, which is one of the reasons why school choice doesn't pass is because as Republicans built their supermajority over the last 20 years, they go into these rural communities and they recruit people who are former school superintendents, people of the, of the school bureaucracy. And those folks are generally pretty hesitant to do anything that tampers with their local rural districts. So John underscored that point. One of my favorite things, by the way, Brad, of your previous show, the BS show with our friend Shelly Barr, when I was a listener, was that you acknowledged 
that other radio stations existed. And I think one of the sillier things about the radio industry is that so many radio shows don't don't acknowledge that other radio shows even exist. And I think that's so insulting to the listeners, you know? Well, yeah, so, we, we were told, uh, some of my bosses were told, we never, ever, 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 ever mention another radio station. And because it, because the idea being is if you do it instantly, well, I should be listening to that, you know? Now, yeah, some, which, by the way, folks should be listening to us live. And then if later on in the day, you want to listen to, or at nighttime, or you're in the car, you want to listen to a couple quick seconds of another show. By the way, Brad, if you go to my website today, Brad and I have talked about this before on the show. If you go to johncombess.com today, you'll find all the timestamps. So John talks on the show. John Lamping talks on the show for 12 minutes. If you only care about the one piece where he talks about school choice, I have the timestamp. You can go listen to just that one minute. Interesting. Let me make one correction to what I said. Back in the day, uh, you didn't mention other radio stations. Now that the uh, rules have changed and there's companies that own multiple stations, like, for example, if you listen to 97.1 last week, uh, for like last couple weeks right before Christmas, they were promoting the fact that you could listen to Christmas music on KZK. Oh, that's right. Which, exactly. which, is, which is one of their stations. But they would never talk about Keishi, uh, which is owned by another company, or uh, I'm trying to think the uh, the other ways they, they that's that's uh, that's the, uh, the 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 H guys. I can always remember this name of the, that company. Isn't that weird? I got a mental block with that. And then you've got the the uh, they would never mention uh, you know anybody on iHeart. They would ne- they would never talk anything about you know the bull or stuff like that. Sure. Because yeah, that's com- but, stay- but we're not threatened by other stations. Well, I see. That's, that's the difference between us and other people. Well, well it's specifically you, Brad. I mean, right. you set that example for many years. Well, but here's the thing: if if you and 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 this is this is this may sound corny but if people are expected to have someone that listens to that is not afraid of of you know doing things that nobody else would do that's all about me you know what i mean because yeah, of the fact that absolutely because of this well but not only that you talk about you talk about other radio stations it used to always drive me nuts and this is a common practice in the television business. Let's say, let's say the station we're on right now, we did a fundraiser and we raised a million dollars for cancer, okay? Cancer mm-hmm. prevention or cancer, uh, you know, research, things like that. And we had a crowd of hundreds of people that showed up and we had this successful, unbelievable promotion. And all the TV stations were there to cover it. The... The, the read over the the voiceover the you know video of of people showing up and things like that a local radio station today raised them and they would never mention the station or the call letters I'm that's, going, yeah that's absurd to me. I'm going, and it's so petty too well and I know that, that call comes from the top at times but come on well but once again you're not being a good journalist because you're not telling you know that would be like a local politician today was found in the backseat of a car with right. a prostitute yeah. and they had 10 ton you know they had 10 kilos of cocaine in the trunk people would go okay who's the local well, politician yeah no, exactly <laughs> you know? I mean, like, so that's so that was a great clip from from mark cox's show 97.1 which airs at the, at the same time we do but don't switch channels guys just keep listening to us the number two story is that brad's pal mark mccloskey a court an appeals court says that mark mccloskey will not get his guns back really from the infamous photo opportunity from the the year of 2020 when Mark McCloskey and his wife were defending their home from a pack of marauding protesters in a gated community. Then appeals court says Mark cannot get his guns back. Mark McCloskey says he will appeal this to the Missouri Supreme Court. You know, 
Do you understand this? I, I, I understand why the courts are doing it. I think it's a bias against him. Of but, course it is. Yeah, but, it's, it's political. Right. I mean, I don't know if anybody – Because uh, – and, and the court ruling, I believe, said something to the effect of – now, the governor pardoned Mark McCloskey. So the court's ruling was that the, was that the governor's pardon essentially erases the conviction but not, but not the fact that Mark should be penalized. Uh, so if that makes any sense, well, 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 he, and again, I'm not an attorney, run, so it makes no sense to me. Run that back again. Is that th- what, what governor Parson did freeze McCloskey from any sort of, you know, going to jail or, 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 right. uh, whatever the conviction was. So Mark is not, Mark is no longer considered, you know, eligible for, uh, or, or that he won't go to jail. Essentially he's, he's, he's pardoned of the crime, but that. Whatever happened in commission of him getting arrested and him getting, you know, his guns taken away, that's not nullified by a, by the governor's pardon. So, so even though the governor pardoned him, he's still being punished. Right. Well, you know, Brad, come on. <laughs> I don't, I, you know, I, I you know. He's what? on the wrong side of the law. By the way, you can uh, – I just pulled the picture up of him. And my favorite thing about it, you know, that pink shirt, is that you just have a beautiful Brooks Brothers logo on that shirt. It, it says so much. And it, for folks who – again, folks who don't want to pay the St. Louis Post-Dispatch for their unique brand of reporting can get around the paywall by clicking the link on my website. Unique brand of reporting. And the, the number one story today, Brad, is a feel-good story. will make you feel great about living anywhere but St. Louis City. A young man, a young scholar, a 19-year-old, whose name is, I want to make sure I get this right, Marion Jameer Dukes, stole 37 of the St. Louis City Election Board's iPads that are used in elections and was busted trying to sell one of them at a Walmart. So the St. Louis City Election Board, for their part, says there's nothing to worry about and they place the blame for this theft exclusively on the building landlord, not on their own security measures. Okay. So, the, the, and this young man, uh, Marion Jamir Dukes, was apprehended breaking into cars this last Saturday before Christmas, the two days before Christmas, breaking into cars at the Galleria. So cops apprehended him and said, "Wait a minute, you're the guy that stole all the iPads." from the St. Louis City Election Board. But no worries, Brad, because the election board says it's not their fault, it's the landlord's fault. Well, well hold on a minute. Okay, the Richmond Heights police mm-hmm. arrest him. How did they, did they already know he, how did they know he was the guy who stole the iPads? I guess he was wanted in St. Louis City. And the, the other unique factor about this is that two days after this young man and, and two of his friends broke into the St. Louis City Election Board, uh, they stole another $16,000 worth of electronic equipment from another nearby business in downtown St. Louis. So the cops were, the cops were clearly looking for this guy. They had identified him. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And Walmart apparently – I didn't know this. You might know this, Brad. But Walmart has these kiosks where you go in and you can sell your used oh, electronics. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this, this guy took one of the stolen iPads in and <clears throat> thankfully some – the, the kiosk worker or something happened where they were able to identify this as stolen. And so they looked at the security video. So they, they knew who this guy was, and then they busted him in. And he's admitted to both of the electronic thefts. Okay, let's, let's, <laughs> that's a great top story because let's dissect that for a minute. Yeah. Okay, first off, 
you know, we talk about this thing with election fraud and the whole bit. Doesn't that scream of there's a problem with security for the election system when somebody can steal 16 of the iPads that are used at polling places? Doesn't well, that sort but, of... but Brad, you know, the city election board. And by the way, the, the, the guy who heads up the Democrats in St. Louis City, his last name is Borgmeyer. I wonder if he's related to uh, your friend in, in, in St. Charles County. Dan, I, I, yeah, uh, the uh, uh, the uh, if, mayor if of Ben Borgmeyer is related to Dan Borgmeyer, not well, sure. But again, don't worry, though, because the St. Louis City Election Board says it's all the landlord's but, fault. But, but see, once again, I mean, that would be like, isn't there some kind of, um, you know, discreet, unique, um, you know, high profile, uh, you know, security uh, software loaded on those iPads. There, there that, is, and that, they were so once the once the election board reported that these had been stolen, the company who administers the software turned off the software. So uh, now a, a cynic, aka you and I, Brad, would say even when these are stolen, you could still access election information until the election board realizes that they're stolen. Well, so. Go they, ahead. they may turn off, you know, and, and you can do that. Uh, you being an iPhone guy, I being an iPhone guy, mm-hmm. you can essentially if somebody steals your phone, you can turn it off. Yeah. You know, but still it's I say you give that to a really good hacker and yep. he'll go, <laughs> I can still get into it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, of course. And so, you know, the interesting thing here is is how can an election board just blame you know i just think it looks really bad taking partisanship out of this it looks bad for an election board to say that it's the landlord's fault for not doing enough with security like eventually you just have to say look we're taking steps this was this was you know obviously a huge error and we're going to take steps to make sure this never happens again okay ipads are not that big okay they're very thin um, mm-hmm. you could buy one of those safes wouldn't cost a lot of money that you, you see like at the sporting goods stores that people put their guns in you could sure, probably yeah. put 500 ipads in that safe you know what i'm saying you yeah, could yeah. you could just you could stack brad, stack I stack think sometimes stack. though e- e- despite all your years brad working with government sometimes you you assign common sense and rationality to, to government offices. I don't, it's see, a fatal flaw in your argumentation. I, I give. There's lots of flaws in my argument. <laughs> you know, but what? See, go back to this for the whole election thing. Okay, once again, I'm not going to go down the road that Donald Trump's going down, or or uh, what was there? What was there? Carrie Lake, or and, yeah. you know, I I think that that's like taking it to the extreme. But it's sort of like you can say that on a daily basis. There is some kind of fraud that's perpetrated upon the government on some level every single day. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course I mean, there is. Yeah. I, and on I mean, every... wherever you have that huge amount of government money coming in for something, it's every time, Brad, again, let's go back to the Hayeswood School District. Every time I read a story about how any school district in the St. Louis area is issuing iPads or electronics, you think, man, the price for those on the street in Spanish Lake or Florissant or Blackjack has has just decreased by 50%. <laughs> I mean, it's true. You're going to have, and you know, we've seen that, we've seen that for years and, and talk to teachers in the Hazelwood school district who will tell you that, you know, it's just little, little Jimmy's, little Jimmy's iPad suddenly grows legs and they just don't know what happened to it. Well, I guess so. I mean, that's a very cynical look at, at modern day te- tech. I'm not modern day technology, but modern day educational systems where they're trying to 
introduce, you know, obviously uh, the kids are in school right now, especially the grade school and the middle school kids. Their life is going to revolve around the Internet and smart sure. devices and smartphones and computers and laptops and, you know, and all sorts of crazy stuff like that. Uh, and it's to the point where you have to, you know, I mean, it's just like, for example, there's a gap um and it was funny because of the fact that when my father was still alive, the gap was uh, uh, cre- incredibly apparent. My dad was not a technical guy. But one day, I go over to his house, and what's he doing? He's building a computer. And I'm going, oh, wow. I'm How going, did he do that? Well, he bought well, he built a lot of stuff. Like, he was a renaissance man. Well, but but he never, he was an electronics guy. And yeah. he went on, back in the day, he was a big mail order guy. And there was a company called Tiger Direct. Which I bought stuff oh, from. Oh, I've heard of Tiger Direct. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. And he would he would go on their catalog and he'd go on their eight hundred number because obviously he didn't have a phone. And he would call the eight hundred number and he'd order these parts. And the parts would show up at his house. And we got all the parts together. And he bought the software online. You know, not online. He bought it through Tiger Direct. So he's building. And I, you know what? It sort of bothers me because I had that computer after he passed away, and I can't remember what happened to it uh, because obviously it's obsolete now. But uh, you know, but so in other words, here was my dad at the time who was probably. I don't know, in his 70s. And he was, and, and the, the crazy part of it was, and someday I'll tell this whole crazy story. My dad was two years old when his father left. And he never saw his father until one crazy day. But he, he his father was an interesting guy in that his father was a young man. Um, uh, and essentially, these were his grandparents. They were German farmers. And I guess it was Elizabeth the Great, who was the czar of Russia back in the 1800s. The Russians were notoriously bad farmers, and the Germans were notoriously good farmers. So mm-hmm. she made this deal where she made a deal to a bunch of Germans. If they came to, Ger- to Russia, she would give them a huge plot of land that they could farm. But they had to bring some of the Russian farmers with them to show how the Germans did it. So oh, okay. so that would be my great-grandparents immigrated to Russia. Uh, and as he said, the Russians then headed the Germans. So the, it didn't work very well because the Russians never learned anything from the Germans because the Russians never got close to the Germans. So my grandfather would have been like 15 or 16 years old, and he hated Russia. He left home, uh, you know, like 15, 16-year-old kid, went across Eastern Europe, you know, went through Central Europe, ended up, I believe, in either in France or England, got on a ship to the United States as like a 15-year-old kid, and went through Ellis Island. But, That's great. But what, what That's happened? That's an American dream story. Well, but the crazy part of it is he leaves, you know, he leaves my mother and my, or, you know, his grandmother and, 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 and at, at two years old, and my dad, you know, grows up, goes to college, and at when I think my dad was 33 or 34, he was working for a civil engineering firm, and one day he's at work, and the secretary, the receptionist, when they used to have those, comes running back and says, see, Lee, Lee, some guy with a thick German accent just came up to the front desk and asked if you worked here, and I told him yes, and he says, tell him his father's in city hospital, and he's dying, and he wants to see him. So wow. my dad goes, okay. So he leaves work, goes down to city hospital, checks at the front desk. Sure enough, there's a Zygmunt, uh, that was my grandfather's first name, Zygmunt Hildebrand, who is uh, on a certain floor. He goes to the room, there's his father, talks to his father. Hour later, he dies. 
Wow. <laughs> and, well, and at least he got at least he got to see him though, right? So the the deal was my father was fascinated with trying to find out genealogy. He was trying to track his father and other relatives. And this is why I bought the computer. And he ended up going uh, to to uh, Salt Lake City. Uh, the, you, I don't know if you know this or not. The Mormons have this incredible geneal, genealogy. I can't even say Yeah, that. genealogy. You, I learned this from you, actually. Right. They have this incredible genealogical database, and he couldn't find anything there. And probably, I don't know, maybe a month or two before he passed away, uh, I went over, went over his house one day, and he was really down. And I said to him, you know, what's going on? And he says, well, I've come to the end of the line. I thought he was like, going, you know, tell me he's going to die right there. Uh, but that wasn't it. I go, what do you mean? He says, well, I, 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 find out, I found out everything I need to know about my father. And it turned out that his father was an illegal immigrant, never became an American citizen of the United States, was very smart. Actually, to this day, you can find my grandfather's patents online. There's two of them online that he developed these machine tools um, and uh, that all through his life, his father sometimes lived like two blocks away from him. And oh, it, yeah, I remember you telling me yeah, that. And he never knew. He never knew. And his, his aunt... They went to the same bar, didn't they? His, no, his aunt owned a bar, Fritz's Fro- Fine Foods, yeah. on Broadway. And sometimes his aunt was sworn to secrecy. And sometimes my dad and his father were in the bar at the same time. Is Incredible. That, is Imagine that, knowing that eventually. Is that bizarre you know? or what? I mean, it's just like, okay. It's like some crazy weird movie story, stuff like that. Okay, we're way over time, and it's all my damn fault. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> you we, can't say damn, can you, Brad? Yeah, I can't say, I can say damn. We have to take a break. It is 723.